we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Urgency of Change. This week's podcast is an interview on education by Fred Hall. Next week we continue Terence Stamp's reading of the classic book Commentaries on Living. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK. For more information about activities and programmes at Brockwood, such as the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre, Brockwood Park School, and more about the Foundation, please visit our website at kfoundation.org. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Fred Hall was editor of Ojai Valley News and a radio pioneer. He was well known for his interviews with famous musicians, band leaders and singers of the 1930s, 40s and 50s. He lived in Ojai for over 40 years and his newspaper often featured articles on Krishnamurti. This interview with Krishnamurti was recorded for television in Ojai in 1975 in the context of the foundation of the Oak Grove School. Questions asked include You are working toward the realisation of a new school in the Ojai Valley. Why another school? Would you mind explaining the words whole, sane and holy? You say a school is a place where one learns both the importance of knowledge and its relevance. Can you explain irrelevance? I'd like to ask you about three more words, thought, love and death. You have travelled far and spoken often and have been heard by millions and you have created several schools. Do you feel that you have made a dent, that you have communicated meaningfully with large numbers of people? Mr. Krishnamurti, you're, you're talking now, working toward the realization of a new school in the Ojai Valley, an, an educational center. We have, I think, four or five private schools and an abundance of public schools now. I'm wondering why another school? You're asking, what's the difference between this school and the rest of the other schools? Certainly. So, first of all, why are we being educated at all? And when we are educated, public schools, private schools, universities and colleges and so on, you either condition the mind uh, or you give emphasis to a particular segment of the brain which is the cultivation of memory and the skill 
inaction of that memory. That is what generally considered education in the modern world, both in Europe and in America, and is going on in India, where we have got four schools and one school in England and here. All that is a fragmentary kind of education. What we are trying to do is to cult to educate the whole of man. Will you be starting with a very young child in elementary that, school? Yes, from the age of eight to eighteen, and so on. Would you require any particular background for this youngster? To no, no. We naturally we don't want them to be um, drug addicts. <laughs> naturally, uh, people who have children who are divorced, their parents are divorced, and all that kind, of, it makes it awfully difficult. You don't want to disturb child. Ch disturb child. Now, it, it, but we can we can have one or two of them, but not whole group of them. Are you talking of a residential school? Residential primarily? and as well as uh, partly non-residential. And you would offer a basic education, the oh, kind that's required. Of course, standard, everything of that. Sure. First class, as we do in England and India, first class academic. Well, now, just in reading some notes about the school, you refer to it uh, as a place where one can learn a way of living that is whole, sane, and holy. Would you mind taking those three things, whole, sane, and holy, and explaining yes. to me what you mean? You see the word whole, if you look in a good dictionary, means healthy, physically healthy. That means non-drug, non-alcoholic, non-smoke. And the whole uh, problem of keeping a body perfectly healthy, with the right nutrition, good food, all that's implied. Then, say, that word sanity means a mind that isn't crippled by belief, by mind that is not conditioned by propaganda, that's capable of thinking clearly, freely, not bound to any particular tradition. Are any of us at eight years of age, for no, example, we, in a position of where... Of course not, no. perhaps. No, of course not. But that as they progress, as they grow older, that's what we're going to work between the teacher and the student to have a right relationship between them. So that in discussing with them, both the teacher and the student uncondition themselves. That's the whole problem of education, not just going to school and, you know. And holy means, oh, whole means also holy. To treat life as something sacred, not just, you know. After all, that is. Man is not just an animal and not just a technological entity. We want to respect nature. We want to respect other human beings, not become violent, not become brutal, selfish, all that's implied in that word and much more holy. 
Do you see a tendency today in school systems throughout the world to dwell on material things primarily, how to oh, function ob in society? Obviously, obviously. Because everybody, uh, all in India, is, are concerned how to get a job, get money, get a position, pull wires to get a position. They're all they're trying to make their way. all trying that. And therefore it's becoming a very materialistic in the sense, though they pretend to be very spiritual, you know, I believe in this and one believes in that. Well, that's all a pretension. It is make-believe. But actually, all of them are going after money. What's the net result of this kind of education? Well, you see what it is. Accepting immoral, immoral governments, irresponsible action, accepting violence and immorality as a natural thing. And if you don't, you take to drugs or uh, alcoholism, which is another form of drug, and sex, which is rampant. You know what's happening in this country, and it's gradually, unfortunately, spreading all over the world. It's starting here, started here, then you feel. I... America is the instigator? I'm afraid so. And also America is, especially in Berkeley and the Californian West Coast, has set an example in certain other things, not just freedom and inquiry, you know, all that. You talk of a school as a place where one learns both the importance of knowledge and its, irrele its irrelevance. Okay. Explain irrelevance. And you know, sir, what is the function of knowledge? What is the function of accumulated experience, technologically, scientifically, um, sociologically, it becomes knowledge. Stored up in the brain, stored up as a, a remembrance which will help you to act skillfully. And that is the function of knowledge, both extreme form of science and you know, all that. And if we function only in that realm, we are merely becoming computers. We have no, we are. no life of our own. You know, I mean, not life of our own. We have become, through thousands of years, our brains are excellent computers. Not as good as the real electronic computers, but not so good. But it would function automatically, mechanically, superficially. Now, when you realize, when one realizes the superficiality of mechanical way of living, a repetitive way of living, a second-hand way of living, because all knowledge is second-hand. You may, the man, original man may have a new knowledge, but it becomes second-hand next minute. If you live in that, there is actually no freedom. It's like having an excellent computer that, and talking about freedom. It has irrelevant. And you must have freedom to learn. You must have freedom to inquire. 
I mean, the, take the whole Christian world and Christian belief and Christian, like the Hindus or Muslims, I'm taking Christianity as an example. Not, I'm not running down Christianity. Yes. As an example, they are conditioned to certain forms of belief. Dogma, rituals, tradition. And so gradually, what should be a human inquiry into a reality, into truth, becomes an acceptance of faith or belief or a dogma, or constant repetition of rituals. Therefore, I feel it, knowledge has its place. It's in, it must have its place, otherwise you can do all this. As long as we remain in that area all our life, there's other areas which we neglect totally, which are slowly beginning to awaken. Are they beginning to awaken because of an, uh, an awareness that uh, no, we are missing these things? No, no. Unfortunately, I think they are awakening to it because there is a great deal of mystery involved in it, <laughs> great deal of mythology, great deal of uh, oh, a sense of this is so limited, let's go and find something else which is more. It isn't the understanding and the relevance of n knowledge and it's irrelevant. You, if you take a youngster who is eight years old, or, or in that general area, who has grown up in an average family, who's been conditioned by the prejudices and the uh, biases by of his society family, lives in, by, by the friends here. The, in, the other day we were talking to somebody, he's boy of 15 or 14 or whatever it was, he's already becoming violent. How do you remove him, uh, so, separate him from that kind so, of conditioning? Now, if he comes to a school of this kind, it's our responsibility, the teacher's responsibility, the educator's responsibility, to see that in discussing with the student, in talking, in having lessons, all that, that both the teacher and the student are conditioned to inform them. It isn't, I am unconditioned, you are not. Or, I am unconditioned, you are. But we are both conditioned. Of course. And let us see if we, through talk, through discussion, through watching, through observing ourselves, through all kinds of methods, unconditional ourselves, because otherwise uh, we destroy each other. That's what's happening in the world. So your choice of teacher is, uh, is really the key, isn't it? It must be course. extremely difficult to extremely recruit. Extremely difficult. Because what is happening too in the world, the, an educator is ill-paid, hmm? is not respected, uh, and the, those who have can't get good jobs turn up to teachers. You know all that business. And those who have good jobs become cautious and cautious, very, very and conservative. Conservative. So we have tremendous difficulty in finding the right teachers. 
How are you going about it at the present time? We are doing it by asking whoever is interested to come and stay with us, discuss it, go into it, see what we can do. It isn't a, mm, for money. Of course you'll have to have money to live and all the rest of it, but primarily to bring about a different relationship between human beings, between the educator and the educated. Let's stop just a moment and talk about the, the physical uh, entity that will be this school. Uh, where will it be and how might it begin in terms of buildings and so on? So, sir, I don't know if you know Old Grove down there. Where you talk from where time I to talk. time. Yes. We've got that property now. And uh, with an architect, we've been over it. Uh, there are about 100 acres there. All around there. 100 of the most beautiful acres in the world, I, I think. know. They are enchanted by that. And it is high up, it's a, like a nest. All town around is the minor oaks and all that hideous buildings. But on top there, it's completely like a new world. We've been, oh, I've been, we've been there with the architect four or five times. We've more or less chosen the places with him. And we, we need money, you know, the whole business. Oh, sure. And as I understand it, the money derived from your talks here this year will go toward no, that no, school. No, no, that go, I, don't, I personally don't take money at all. I have no bank account. I don't go for money. If money doesn't, you know, I horror of all that kind of stuff. I'm not a guru who's coining money and hoarding it up. They need money. And uh, donations, asking people, begging, going, passing the hat around. You'll start in a small way then. Oh, obviously. Undoubtedly. Obviously. obviously. Small and slowly, carefully. Not say, well, we're going to have uh, 500 students right off. You can't. Probably start with 30 or 20. Will it be more than a school? Will it be a meeting place, a place yes, to, to meditate? So that to is. For the older, uh, that's why we called it the educational center. A place where older people can come, think, discuss, exchange, meditate, go into things, go into themselves, transform. It's not just a, a meeting place. It is a very serious thing. Is it similar at all to the school in Brockwood Park, England? Yes. No. Look, there are four schools in India. One is just going to be started. There will be four altogether. Those four schools, each school I've, I, I started, I helped to start. I'm not boasting about it. I'm just helping to start. Each school should be different from the other. So that it's a creative thing, not just imitate each school. And Brockwood, is entirely different from the Indian schools. And we want this school at Ohio to be entirely different from the other. But they've all got this characteristic that they're international, that they are um, non-authoritarian. We have a friend. Non-authoritarian. And our D comes. <laughs> 
non-hierarchical uh, principle and then the student and all the rest of it. It's all together we are creating it. With the parents who take interest in the school, who come there, look at it, discuss it with, with us, it's a, it's a uh, total thing, not we started and everybody looks on it. The parents, the, the teachers, the older people who are interested in all this, all of us creating this. I had wanted to ask you about the parents because that's a third factor. Oh. Students, teachers, parents. Yeah, parents. We have suggested that the parents should take part in all this. And the parents want their children to be educated this way. Not educated differently at school and go home and be, you know, pushed in another direction. That will make the poor child, put the child in a great conflict. So yeah. it, there must be uh, cooperation from the teachers, from the students, from the parents. And from the community to some extent. Community, if they wish to join, come into it. I'd like to ask you about three more words in, in the context of your views of them. Uh, if I may quote this little pamphlet, you say, it is here one learns the importance of relationship which is not based on attachment or possessiveness. Mm -hmm. It is in the school one must learn about the movement of thought, love, and death, for all this is the whole of life. Thought, love, death. Yes. <laughs> We talk a little bit about, about um, thought, less about love and death, I think. Yes. You see, sir, it's a very complex subject. You see, the whole Western world, for the moment I'm talking, I'm not contrasting the Eastern world. The Western world is based on thought. Their religion is based on thought. To some extent. Uh, they invent the mysterious. They in, thought invents uh, the savior. Thought invents all the structure. Structure of religion. And you see all the economic uh, relationship. They call it love. Mm -hmm. But it is essentially based on thought. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm pointing out. With the result that one lives a totally contradictory life. You believe in morality and act immorally. This is so obvious what's happened in America during the last few years. Politicians, you know, the whole business of it. So, and the Eastern world said, thought is, I don't know, I don't want to go too much into it. So they said, thought is, cannot possibly capture or understand the immeasurable. Because thought is fragmented, thought is limited, finite. And 
truth holds, you cannot understand reality, not truth, and so on. But they exercise thought to capture that. They said, control thought, meditate, force your body, do this, don't do that, follow your guru, all that nonsense. So, both are the same. And we are saying, thought has its right place. But thought cannot possibly understand the other. So you have to find energy, I'm sorry to use simple words, find energy that will not be created by thought. Say, for instance, thought creates the energy of competition. Thought creates the energy of possession. I possess my house, my wife. Yes. Hmm? He comes to his neighbor's door. Sit down. Or go home, or leave, won't you? <laughs> Why don't you come over here and sit down? Come on. That a boy. And so, the energy that thought creates breeds conflict. It's an, it, these are all facts. Yes. Not my invention. If you observe it, you see when they, when you are attached, you become the house <laughs> that holds the thoughts. Uh, of course. I mean, if, you're a, if I'm attached to that piece of furniture, I become that furniture. I am that furniture. If I possess my wife, as most of them do, what am I possessing? The idea of my wife, or my girl, or whatever it is, or my boy. So, the image I have created about her, I possess. I, yes, I, I do follow you. And, and you. and you talk of thought as being finite. Love is infinite then? No, therefore we must understand what love is. Is love something... pleasure? Is love pleasure? Which we have made it. Sexual pleasure, uh, love of the earth, it's a pleasure. So is love pleasure? Pleasure means a memory. <laughs> that is, I had a marvelous experience, and I re record it, the brain records it, and that gives me great pleasure. And so, I want to repeat it. So I love it. I love it. Yes. So one has to find what love is. Is love pleasure, fulfillment, desire, or and can a man who is ambitious love? That's a good question. Hmm. Can a man who is competitive love? He might say, I love you, my darling, my, to his wife or girl, but he, on the one side he's ambitious, competitive, aggressive, violent, which is 
So love can only exist when there is not this sense of ambitious, competitive, aggressive, violent mind. The third word, death. Ah, death, oh yes. <laughs> so that's... Hey, do you want to talk seriously about it? In the time that we have, yes. I, you, 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 you say it very clearly here, and I would imagine that many people reading this, having heard you many times and read your... Yes, they would know what you meant. But so. I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. The ancient Egyptians, not the present Egyptians, a fourth century, uh, fourth millennia, they believed in reincarnation. In India and in Asia, they believe in that. Believe that they are going to be born next life. The reward of next life. <laughs> or the punishment of next life, depends on what you do now, how you behave. Because behavior is the highest form of relationship between man and man. If you don't behave properly, you're going to pay for it next life. That is the... You, you follow? I do, of course. But they, they don't behave. But they believe in dream, which is nonsense. And in, in the Christian world, they have their own ideas of resurrection. And of heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. If you, you don't believe in Christ or Jesus, you go to hell. If you don't accept certain dogmas and all the rest of it, you go to hell. You know, all the Christian with their inquisition, with their excommunication, with their threat, with their... all that. That's part of fear. On one hand you say, love Jesus, and love, on the other hand you say, if you don't believe in that, you go to hell. And it's also utterly irrational and stupid. So one has to find out, not believing, hmm, and what happens when you die? Will you find out, will one find out what death means in a state of unconscious uh, disease, when you are diseased? Unconscious, you can't find out anything. Hmm? Uh, or in an accident, you go out and you're killed. Or creeping old age, become gaga, senile, and say, Oh my God, I'm frightened of death. So, what is, what is the significance? Not that the organism goes on forever and ever, because we misuse it, we we drink too much, we indulge too much, sex, you know, the whole thing, what's happening in the world. So we destroy the organism, which has its own intelligence. But to find out what psychologically means 
death. It means really to be free of all that you have got. <laughs> yeah, but that's all going to happen to you. Your name, your wife, your house, your money, your everything. Now, can you voluntarily be free of all that in living? I see. So that you incarnate each day. You understand? I think I Make do. yourself anew. You talk of the death of the conditioned self. Yes. And death of the self, not conditioned self. Self is conditioned. Yes, yes. It is the result of conditioning. I, I am... I, I, there's one other basic question I have to ask you, and that's a kind of uh, all-encompassing one. You have traveled far and spoken often and have been heard by millions, and I wonder, and you're and you've created several schools and another now in the offing. Do you feel that you have made a dent that you've communicated meaning, meaningfully with large I numbers of people? So. Do you feel that it's been worth the effort, is worth I, the effort? No, I would do it even if it was not there, if it had no result. I don't want a result. I don't seek a result. That's a horror. I'm like a man who said, ask me, how many disciples have you got? I spoke. You don't, by the number, this is what I want to say, take it or leave it. This is real. Face it. It's a thing that every man has got to face. Whether you are, whatever it is, you've got to face this life. You've got to act righteously at now. Because otherwise we're destroying everything. We are destroying the whales, you know, what's happening. In, yes. we, are, we are destroying the earth. You have destroyed people by the million. The communists, the Christians, you follow? They've done all this. And I said, for God's sake, listen to what I'm saying. Don't accept it or don't um, deny it. Just look. Do we delude ourselves entirely when we feel that we have become, quote, civilized, unquote? Ah, I, I question what is civilization. So, 4000 BC, I've just, somebody was telling, I don't read very much of these things, fortunately. <laughs> when they built the pyramid, it was mathematically perfect. It expects the circumference of the world. They said it, the earth was round. For how BC millennia. Either we are evolving in the sense, becoming more inwardly concerned with life, not just getting money, cars, position, all the rest of it. Otherwise, what is the point of all this? What's the point of killing people in the name of nationality or whatever it is, of God? Young people increasingly seem to be asking that question. Yes, is that is encouraging to you? Do you? Yes, sir, but they won't stick to it. 
you see what is happening in America? All these gurus are creating such havoc in this country, bringing their old conditioned beliefs and theories and dogmas. It's just the same as the other Christian world had. Why are they getting such an acceptance? Because the Americans want something new. A new answer? So the new old answer. one doesn't work? The old one. But the new answer is the clothing in different words. And they think it's marvelous. Romantic. You're told not to uh, drink or not to have sex or not to believe in Krishna. You follow all that business. And it's amusing for a little while, but you soon give that up and go off to something else. So we're talking about this, really, we're talking about this sort of uh, approach to understanding. It's no more important than an attachment to rock music, for example. And uh, it's the same thing, whether you are attached to rock music or attached to a, uh, an image or attached to a belief. It's exactly the same thing. How far are you along in recruiting teachers, and uh, is there any deadline for or no, goal no, for starting? No, no, no. We'll start with two teachers, or one teacher, with five boys or girls. That's enough. And an elementary school in the beginning, are mm -hmm. you looking toward a, a higher... Perhaps later on, we'll see how things go. What's been your experience in other countries? Have you? Have you extended into the upper grades oh, there? Oh, college and all that. Have you? Have, have, have they been going long enough so that you have any oh, kind of conclusions? Uh, no. You see, sir, the, when we started in India, for example, we started having nothing. <laughs> we slept on the ground, went to bed with the sun, got up with the sun because there was no electricity, no labs. Started very quietly, so-called primitively, very, very young and so on. And gradually it has grown up into one of the best, one of the best schools in India. But that is, that is too, still not sufficient. And it broke, we have got, there are about 55 students only, we don't want more. And there are 13 nationalities there. North, you know, all the rest of it. So, you see, difficulty is the world is too much. The world has become so appalling. I don't know if you know what's going on. The master, of course. The parents, especially in India, want the students to earn their own livelihood, to have a job, get married, and settle down, for God's sake, be safe. And you know what that implies. We're back to conformity. Yeah. Conformity, imitation, acceptance of things as they are, don't create trouble. Not that we want trouble. Trouble is there, 
but don't add more to it. Swallow it and stay with it. <laughs> and that is follow the tradition that's in India. Uh, accept authority. Parents are right. If they say become an engineer, become an engineer. <laughs> if they say do this and do that, uh, follow the parents. They know better than you do. And here and in Europe they say, well, hell with all that. We want to do what we think is right. And they go off with a tangent like everybody else. Must. Because they're inexperienced, they don't know, they suffer, they see the misery all around them. They say, I don't want to belong to all this mess. But they create their own mess. Is there any one country you could sing aloud that perhaps I'm is superior afraid. to others? And no, I'm afraid no? not. I've traveled in Australia and India and all over Europe, but it's all so messy. Because the politicians are not helping. The religious people are not No, they're not religious, really. They call themselves religious. They're because they you know, so all except perhaps Buddhism in the ancient days and partly Hinduism never went to war. They said, don't kill. <laughs> now, I, I've never eaten meat in my life, nor smoke and all the rest of it. I was brought up as a Brahmin and so on. I never touched meat. There in India, they said, don't kill. Their tradition is don't kill, but now they've forgotten all that. They kill. They eat meat and all that. Because it's, it's spreading this not misery all around. And you see in, in England and Europe, the immediate demands must be satisfied. Don't bother for tomorrow or what's going to happen. You know, you know all this, sir. Yes, I... I've, I certainly follow the news and then involved in covering it, and of course yeah. I see it. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you? You 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 sound very pessimistic. No, I I'm not. You, but I don't think you are. I'm not pessimistic. On the contrary. But I, these are facts. <laughs> this is what is going on. You must face it, not cover it up and say, "But well, it's the fault of the politicians, the fault of the priests." It's your responsibility. Each person's responsibility for creating this horror. In a democracy such as we have, are there greater opportunities for correcting? The greater situation? opportunities and greater corruption. And greater corruption. No, it's look, you know it. Is there any way the community here can help now toward? Yes, sir, take interest. Take, be respond. Find out. Help to build it. Help to give money. You follow. Say, if I am interested in something, I want to be part of the circus. <laughs> I think we become irresponsible by saying it's the fault of somebody else. It's the fault of the politician. Or say, politics will. If change will solve all our problems, of course not. Our problems lie much deeper in ourselves. 
We can hope there are a few political leaders because of the power they will that may have some recognition of that. Do you think that there are? I, I've talked to many politicians. I've talked to cabinet members. And I thought some of them used to be my old friends. I got her. Once you get into power, something happens to them. They are decent people, hmm? uncorruptible, nice, friendly. They went around meeting, you know, none of the phony stuff. Moment they get into a position, something happens. To them. Seems inf infallible, does it not? Infallible. Yes. And therefore, power is evil. I want to wish you a great deal of no, luck sir, in, 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 your, in your new venture here, and we'll be looking forward to your talks. Starting when? Uh, Saturday. This Saturday. Thank you very much.